Alright, so what's up, y'all? We in another episode of the Role Players Podcast, criticizing the decisions that NBA teams made over the draft. Like, why in the hell did Minnesota draft Anthony Edwards when they have Jared Cole and Malik Beasley? You know, I think they didn't even want him, honestly. Because if you're making that decision, then you obviously have something in the back pocket that no one really knows about, except for, you know, obviously upper management. So, yeah, I mean, he's he's born in Atlanta. I wouldn't imagine being all the way in Minnesota. Ooh, gosh, that is, it, it's cold. It's hot, man. It's cold up here, you know what I'm saying? I can't get over this. I mean, it's cold still up Yeah, his vernacular is, is, is pretty funny. I, I couldn't tell you how often I've heard that just being where I'm from and how often people sound exactly like that. Um <laughs> So yeah, you think it's weird he went number one? I do. I, I just like I think if another team had the number one pick, it would make sense. But Minnesota with it, when they already have very good two way wings, just didn't make sense to me. Yeah, I I understand that. It's definitely one of those situations where the guard slash wing dynamic was pretty full, and I wish they would have done a little bit something there, like something like give them a big if they had an option for someone to pair with you know cat it would have been great at least for the future of that team because they seem to have a pretty bright one i just don't know what direction they're looking to go with this pick that's what i'm saying like if they're to make their future is brighter than the green jerseys they'd be wearing but (laughs) i think the jerseys are light bright for sure they're bright as hell I I don't I don't know where that design came from. I, I couldn't tell you. Every colorblind dude just screams at the TV watching the Minnesota game. <laughs> no offense to colorblind. I, I, this isn't no, not making fun of disclaimer. We're not making fun of colorblind individuals, but we are saying that their jerseys look like glow-in-the-dark stars that you used to have when you were a child. Um, I think I had them on my like ceiling in my room, and I would just like look up from my bunk bed and feel like I'm in outer space. But we're, we're not going to dive into my childhood. What we are going to dive into is a role-player's redraft. We're, we're going to do some comparisons as well. I got a couple of them in my back pocket. I don't know about you, Dre, but I'm I'm ready to go. Oh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I I think mine. I think I got some like pretty interesting picks. They're gonna be very disagreeable, but make sense at the same time. All right, all right, that sounds good. So we're gonna start at number ten. So uh, the Suns had the tenth pick. I'm gonna let you. You're gonna go first, and then I'll say mine, and we'll kind of give a reason why we each chose that person. All right. This is what I can see as probably having the same person with simply because of the veteran presence that's there. But for Phoenix, I had Cole Anthony because because burner from Chris Paul is pretty it's pretty like once in a lifetime opportunity. I think that would have benefited him well. Being paired with an elite shooter like Devin Booker would have let the playmaker in him shine. And then obviously like the number one bailout option in NBA right now, DeAndre Ayton, throw anything towards him. I mean, he made his, his success off bailout. I'm not saying that he 
it's limited to that skill. But if you're a point guard and you need to just throw something somewhere, DeAndre Ayton will most likely be able to catch it. So I think that would have been a fit at Cole Anthony a lot. I think Phoenix point guard. I like that. I like that you picked a guard. Not to mean to cut you off or anything, but I really like that you picked a guard, especially as dynamic and explosive as Cole Anthony plays. That's a pretty interesting pick. Yeah, I think Cole Anthony and Phoenix is rookie of the year material. Oh, he went. He went rookie of the year material. That is. You see that game winner he hit uh, yep. in Orlando the other day? Yeah, that was that was incredible. I think. That was one of the most confident shots I've ever seen a rookie take, and it's only been a couple of games in. We're not even at the 15, 20 game mark yet, I don't think. I think we may have passed 15, but I don't yeah. know if we're at the 20, 30 mark yet. That was a pretty good shot. Yeah, and, and not, like, I would disclaim, I'm not saying he's not doing his thing in Orlando. I'm just saying that the development process in Phoenix would have been allowing him to level up almost as easy as it is to level up in Xbox One 2K21. We're not gonna, <laughs> we're not gonna get into that. That's gonna take all night. I would imagine just 2K's logic is, you know what? Okay, I'm, I'm just gonna go ahead and do the pick I had. I, I had Tyrese Halliburton out of Iowa going number ten. I wish he wouldn't have went to Sacramento, um, but I, I do think he's a great guard with good decision making ability and size. Um, his shot translated really well at the NBA level. I remember watching one game where he um, he was by the uh, the Rockets bench. It was the Rockets bench, yes. He was over by the Rockets bench, and I think Demarcus yelled at him to miss the shots and distract him, and he just like drained it and just looked at him and just ran back on defense. That, that that's that's really good for, for someone who hasn't played that many games in the league. I, I kind of. I kind of see him being the starter ultimately in Sacramento, and I feel like he could have had an easy chance being mentored by Chris Paul as well and working his way into the starting lineup the next season. And that could have been his, him, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, uh, the future of that team. But um, I do like your pick. I do like your pick as well. That was a really good one. Uh, I'll like Maurice Halliburton anywhere but Sacramento just because of the, their history of destroying potential with rookies yeah I, I really don't like how they deal with their draft picks how they how they pick who they pick but he was a really good one but if we did have if we were owners we would we would choose different people for sure um all right so we're at the wizards pick at number nine who you got going to the wizards all right so i've i think we talked about how i anticipated john wall being gone and it, how it'd be difficult to replace him. And obviously this pick wouldn't replace him immediately, but Kira Lewis Jr., I don't think he gets enough credit for what he's capable of. Just he got like a sneaky style of explosiveness. And he goes unnoticed for a little while. And I, I think that would have been good to see him mentored by somebody like Bradley Beal and somebody I would compare him to, Ish Smith. Like he, he, Ish Smith is on that team, and seeing how Ish Smith's game has correlated to being a good backup, I think Kira Lewis could take the positives of Ish Smith's game and then add it to his own to make himself like I wouldn't say superstar potential, but 
definitely like a Mike Conley type player. Conley's still a really good player, even with like if his ceiling was Mike Conley and the floor was his Smith, he'd still be a great player in the league. It's, it's no question about it. Been robbed of All Star appearances, so like that's I'm not dissing him at all, but that's the kind of player I can see Kira Lewis become. Like he might get some All Star appearances, but he might get snubbed. So. I yeah, I can see that because those type of players. Mike Conley was in the West, and it was really hard getting into the All Star game, being a guard in the Western Conference where most of the best guards were in the West. Because you had like Russell Westbrook, you had who did we, who else was in the West that was really a threat when Mike Conley could have been, and you had Damian Lillard still doing Damian Lillard things. We got Steph Curry, we had Kobe Bryant, rest in peace. They had a lot of, there was a lot of guards in the West. I think even Tony Parker was still on top of his game making all-star appearances too, so yeah, it I was kind of hard to get him in there. Got it, Mike. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm going to go with uh, Desmond Bain for that pick at number nine. I think he's a great defender and a shooter coming out of coming out of college. I'm going to to TCU. He's very good at what the Wizards need right now. If they weren't going to pick a point guard, because they didn't, yeah. I, I really think he would have been a great addition to their wing because he's, he's a big dude. He's like 6'6". Six, six. He's over 200 pounds. He's a pretty pretty big guy. Yeah, he's one of us. I think he would have fit perfectly. Yeah, yeah. I think he's one of. Yeah, I think he's both. Like we do both enjoy watching him play. He's one of our favorite people coming out of college, for sure. I really liked his game. Um, okay, so where are we now? We're at the Knicks, number eight. Who you yeah. uh, who you taking? <laughs> Is I feel like everybody kind of wanted this to happen but didn't think it would I wanted to see LaMelo go to the mix I thought he was overhyped but I think that falling that low would have been the humbling experience and then playing you know he's he wants to be a star so bad playing in somewhere where he would obviously have a chance to control that team he'd be I mean, he'd be fighting for it with with people like RJ Barrett and Julius Randle you know, shout out to them because they're killing it this season. But Absolutely. I, I think that would have been a good spot for LaBella. It would have added size in the backcourt that would have been treacherous for other teams to deal with. And Tom Thibodeau, he isn't a coach that tolerates turnovers. So I think that would have been a good development area for him. I'm not even sure if Thibodeau is still the coach if I'm being honest because for all I know they could have fired eight coaches between yesterday and today but I think if that is the case that's a good spot for the ball yeah I do see why I do see why you picked him at number uh, number eight for the Knicks because you know a lot of people thought he was going there they really thought he you know the Knicks were going to try to trade up probably get the Hornets pick or something or, or go number one and take Tom, like the Timberwolves pick. But, um, yeah, I, I got Killian Hayes 
going to the Knicks at number eight. I, I think he's like the second best playmaker in this draft outside of Lamelo. He did really good in Germany. He was a good defender. He's a creator, playmaking shot creator, if you will, if you're a 2K fan. He's really good at getting to the basket, too. I think that was like one of the underrated things in his game that people weren't really, you know, so enamored with because he had the step backs, he had the three point shot, and the nice crossover, too. And he, he was pretty good going to the rim. He's 6'5. Yeah. He's, he, he's a little, his, his frame can hold a little bit more weight, but I do see the potential of him turning the Knicks into an all-star franchise and bringing Madison Square Garden back to popularity because it's still the mecca of basketball for sure it's just they need a good point guard Alfred Payton as much as I love his playmaking as much as I love his defense his hair is a lot more normal now than it was before I just don't see him as a starting point guard in the league I mean they have Austin Rivers and he's doing great Alfred Payton reminds me of like almost like when the Nets had Marcus Williams in like 2012. Oh like, man, yeah, I'm <laughs> like Marcus. Oh, like they obviously were good players, but they tried to do too much with those players. I think the Knicks have a good point guard in Alfred Payton. I just think they need to put him in the right spot, which is off the bench, in my opinion. He'd be great off the bench. I think him coming off the bench would be great, especially if a rookie starting over him. So he's not playing too many minutes, so he can make mistakes, but he also has the mentor in Alfred Payton to kind of help him wedge the gap between being a good player and a great player, because he can be a really great mentor. They don't have to be the best player in the world. They can be really great mentors and coaches. I mean, you look yeah. at Rajon Rondo, he'd be a great coach. He's not the best player in the world. At one point in time, he was the best point guard in the league. But I think he'd be a great coach just based upon being able to know the X's and O's and understanding sets and all these other things that these young point guards have to learn coming into the league. So I think a great role for him because he's still pretty young, too. He's like 27. But, um, you know, enough about enough about the Knicks. We're moving on. We are at the Pistons. Who are we taking with that pick? All right. So this is where I pick. Tyrese Halliburton. Ooh, okay, yeah. tell me more. Tell me more. I want to hear about this one. So, I feel like Tyrese Halliburton is what the Pistons missed out on years ago with Sean Livingston. Like, Sean Livingston obviously could shoot, but Tyrese Halliburton has the size that Sean Livingston has. He has the playmaking ability, but he also has the jumper. And him and Derrick Rose swapping those point guard minutes. It's something that would toss up NBA defenses, in my opinion. And also give him a learning... I think every pick I've made is based off what they could learn in their place, not necessarily their immediate impact. But Tyrese Halliburton would both be able to learn and make immediate impact in Detroit. And that's why I like this. I like that. I like that. I went with LaMelo Ball. And as interesting as I I think it'd be for him to be in Detroit, I just feel like he turned Detroit into a box office franchise. It doesn't matter what he'd do. He can just walk into the arena and where are they at now? Little Caesars Arena? Little Caesars Arena would go crazy. Um, yeah. With LiAngelo being a part of the practice team for a little bit, 
they had so much going, just like social media wise, specifically. I know on Instagram, they had a lot of views just to try to find LiAngelo in a clip of a practice. And it was just like, we're not going to show him just so we can get you guys to want more. It's like a cliffhanger in a movie. Like they had all get that. this stuff. Yeah, they even had like a billboard of LiAngelo. Hello, welcome to Detroit. It was very interesting. But I think back on LaMelo, I think he was the best playmaker in the draft. Um, and I think he has versatile size of 6'6", which is actually the die. I thought he was 6'8", but apparently he's 6'6", 181. So I don't know who was misinformed. I don't know how long that was going on, but he's actually 6'6", which is still a really good height for a point guard. Yeah, you can still see over the defenses. You can still make plays that a lot of smaller guards. And I can't believe I'm saying smaller guards, but a lot of smaller guards can't make. And he's really good at rebounding. Uh, we look at him in Australia. He was like a walking triple double if he really locked in offensively and defensively. Um, but I think Derrick Rose could have been a great mentor for him. I think with the run and gun offense that he just automatically brings to the team. They could have had people like Seagold and Boya getting some easy buckets. They could have had people like Svima Kailu shooting wide open threes. And and it's just I'd love to see him in a situation where he's just the, the guy. And I know in the Hornets they're still trying to figure that out. And he's not allowed to make mistakes in Charlotte. It seems like he had five turnovers in sixteen minutes in their last their last game. And he was just benched. They're so quick to put him on the bench. He needs to be able to make mistakes. He needs to be able to learn from those mistakes. And I and I think he really could have done that in Detroit. Yeah, and like the reason I just didn't like Charlotte picking him in general was because, like I said, I picked based off of like learning potential. I don't see any learning potential in Charlotte. Terry here. I feel like he's a little bit too into coming into his own to mentor someone. And Devonte Graham, he's not even been doing it long enough to know the ins and outs himself, let alone teach him to someone else. So, I feel like the best possible mentor by any means in Charlotte is Malik Monk, and I feel like that just won't suffice for a player like LaBella Ball. I agree. I agree. Um, Charlotte, I don't know what Charlotte's doing. Michael Jordan's a better player than he is a uh, franchise owner. Um, so now we're going to head over to my hometown in Atlanta. The Hawks had this pick. So who are you picking for the Hawks? I think we're at sixth right now. Yeah. Who are you picking for the Hawks going sixth? Atlanta's one of the, another team I expected to trade up. But still in the event of them not doing so, like I said, I didn't agree with Minnesota taking Anthony Edwards. And I don't see much need for him in other places. Until we get down to Atlanta. I, I wanted to see Anthony Edwards stay the hometown hero in a sense. I think pairing him with Trey Young, get, like Trey Young being that sh- shooter and Anthony Edwards being that aggressive rim attacker was, is a dynamic that would be incredible to watch. Like, the Hawks are already fun basketball, but I think, you know, in the event that like, say a Marcus Smart or Drew Holiday is giving Trey Young the clamps and not thinking about the fact that Anthony Edwards is about to barrel his way to the rim. But that that would just provide for such fun basketball to watch. 
And yeah, so I like Anthony Edwards at six. I am going to cop out and I have to agree with you on that one. Anthony Edwards is like the perfect pick in my mind for the Hawks. And and specifically for the reasons why you what you had mentioned, we have really great defensive guards like Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday. And it's hard to be the only playmaker on a team or the only one they run the offense through because there's multiple playmakers. You have Kevin Herter, you have Rajon Rondo, even Chris Dunn a pretty decent playmaker. Um, but yeah, it's, it's one of those situations where you like the, the contrast in styles, the, the slick shooter and Trey and the explosive dynamic guard. He's a big guard too. He's six, five, about two twenty. He's a really big guy. Just, just like how Dwayne Wade was kind of like bulky and strong. He's just as strong and he's, he's very quick. I think if he had the right defensive tools that he can, he can flourish in that offense because he's so fast and they like to run. You'd have a lot of people catching lobs. You'd have Anthony Edwards. You'd have John Collins. You'd have Clint Capella. And like you said, it, it'd be great for him to be the hometown hero because he did that in college. He went to UGA and then just making that quick transition over to Atlanta wouldn't have been hard at all. I yeah. feel like. So I think that was a, that was a great pick. We, we're going to have to, we're going to have to agree on that one. That was fantastic. Um, so where are we at now? So the Cavs have the fifth pick. Who are you taking number five? All right. So obviously we know the Cavs have been trying to make up. For years, I'm taking Anthony Bennett. You know, they have, <laughs> yeah, they have Colin Sexton. They have Darius Garland. I think Chetty Osmond is a great player. I think he's going to come with just something uh, with the recent trades. I mean, they already had Andre Drummond, but now Javale and Jared Allen. But I like a power forward pick for this team. And Isaiah Stewart, in my opinion, would have been the best power forward available at this time. Oh, wow. Isaiah Stewart. Yeah. And I I think he's the person that once he sees, he seems like that type where it's like once he sees it done, I think he'll be able to get that himself. And obviously there's Kevin Love on the Cavs. I think them swapping off those starting those starting minutes back and forth, giving Isaiah Stewart, you know, the time to develop and learn. He should find out where he's most effective in that Cavs offense, and then just flourish and be dominant at that four spot. I think that would have been a great pick that would make up for the Anthony Bennett atrocity that happened years ago. Ah, the curse of Anthony Bennett. Um, do you remember on 2K14 when you got drafted and how hyped people were about Anthony Bennett? As soon as David Stern said his name, the whole crowd would like go crazy. And I'm like, yeah. oh man, that didn't age well at all. Um, and I, you feel for him. Start game where no matter what you scored, Anthony Bennett always scored two more points. I <laughs> was crazy. I remember I had a seven foot one power forward that was guarding Anthony Bennett when I was in the game. I scored sixty points. I had a triple double in that game. Anthony Bennett scored sixty two, and I'm like, how in the hell I was guarding him for most of the game? He scored maybe four points while I was in the game. So you're telling me he scored fifty eight points 
in the seven minutes I was on the bench. Like this just makes no sense. Anything is possible with Anthony Bennett. Unfortunately, I think the Cavs picked the right one in Isaac Okoro. I think what they needed is exactly what they got out of this draft. In my opinion, he's really good at playing where he is. And honestly, I like what you said about power forwards. I don't know. He may have been able to slide to the four spot. He's a pretty big guy. He's pretty versatile. He can shoot the three ball pretty well, pretty efficiently. And he's a great defender. How do you not pick a great defender who can shoot? But you did have a really good pick, too. I think either way, that would have been a better... Either way, it would have been really great. It wouldn't have been one is like this and the other's like, oh, no, we don't need that. That's a great pick, too. But I do think that they made the right decision on that one. I like I like who they picked when they were available. I, I know we're just talking top 10 in this one, but I like the thought of Isaac Okoro ending up, unfortunately. Like, I don't like this team picking anyone, but Sacramento with Isaac Okoro, I think it's oh, yeah, that's a good one. I think it's hard to mess up what Isaac Okoro is. Like, that, that's a player that's going to be good regardless of what you do. Like, yeah. Like you said, he's strong. So he can slide. So I think Sacramento would have been a good spot. You know, put him at the forward, at the forward spot. Him, Marvin Bagley, Sean Holmes. And for right now, Buddy Keel. So he gets tired of it. And then De'Aaron Fox is like a young starting five that could, that can only go up. Yeah. I think. Wow, yeah, that was great. That was great. Um, he's he's a great player. I, I think you can compare him to someone like a younger Chris Middleton, I feel like. Before Chris Middleton learned how to, you know, control the offense and learn how to dribble properly and play make for others, the way Chris Middleton kind of plays, like really scrappy defender, he's, he's been able to shoot the three ball, he's pretty fast on defense, pretty quick on offense as well, so... That was a good pick for them. I'm glad they got it right because they have a lot of young talent. And who knows when Drummond's going to go. So they have some pretty good pretty good talent for the future. I like Darius Garland. So we are at the Bulls. We're in the top four now. This isn't taking too long at all. This is fantastic. Who are you taking to number four? In the entire two months leading up to the draft, Everybody knew where I wanted Chicago to go with this. Denny of Dia is a savage, and I believe is the most, like aside from Tyrese Halliburton, was the most NBA-ready player in this draft. I think he's like the most complete player in the draft. Six nine, six eight, somewhere between six eight and six ten. Uh, an efficient playmaker to guard four positions. He's a little bit spotty shooter, but that could like that would obviously get better. And he'd probably be he'd probably be, be bigger than most matchups he faced. And he's he fits everything that Chicago needs right now, in my opinion. Because Otto Porter, don't get me wrong, he's a good player. I just don't think he's what Chicago should be going forward with. And Zach Levine, I don't see him being there much longer with. So, Jenny Abdia would be, would have been the future of the Bulls for me. Him and Lori Markkinen, and then Bill Carter, and Kobe White. I forgot about Kobe White. 
Yep, I'm gonna have to take Denny Abdiha on that pick too. It, it's mainly because of his playmaking. They don't have any playmakers on that Bulls team, and they have like four point guards. It's crazy how all of their point guards have that same but, yeah. aggressive score first mindset. And Denny Abdiha was really good. He played in Israel, I believe. He was really good as a playmaker. He was he's really tall. Um, his depth at the forward position would be incredible because they, they kind of lack. Uh, the Bulls originally picked Patrick Williams. I don't know how I feel about Patrick Williams going that high. I feel like he could have went a little bit lower, probably out of the lottery, but they, I guess they knew what they were doing. We aren't NBA commissioners. We aren't NBA team owners. We're just a couple guys on a, on a podcast, so. I guess they know best, but I honestly do agree with you. They should have picked Denny at that. I thought it was a no-brainer, but we may not we may not be all the way filled in. We may not know something. So, I mean, I'm glad they got who they wanted. So, we made fun of Charlotte. <laughs> okay, so Charlotte's pick is up next. Who are you taking at number three going to Charlotte? Uh, I wanted to see James Wiseman end up in Charlotte. I- I'm tired of seeing Cody Zeller as the starting center there. Like he's like 28, and he looks like he's like 40. Yeah. Wow. I like it's important for a center to get rebounds, but I think they need to do more than get rebounds. I think they need to be able to stop other centers. I think they need to be able to score and be an efficient bailout option. I just don't think Cody Zeller fits those molds. And James Wiseman, I think, would have been. A good pick to re- end up replacing him, and also like just the duo down low of PJ Washington and James Wiseman would be like pretty fun to watch, in my opinion. And he just wouldn't have to deal with someone like I. I think the way the Warriors are using him right now is kind of weird. Like Steph just shoots the threes, and if Steph misses. James gets the rebound, and if James isn't there, then Draymond gets the rebound, and Draymond's getting texts for yelling at him right now, and weird. That was weird. Yeah. Really weird. I mean, things Draymond deserved that tech, but still, I just, I don't think the Warriors is the right learning environment for him, and I like, I like Charlotte there. I like James Washington Charlotte. I like that. Um, I got a I got a center going to Charlotte too, but I'm going to take a Kanyeka Kongwu out of USC going to Charlotte. I don't like Cody Zeller either. I don't like their depth at the center position. They have Bismack Biyombo who's already undersized, and then they have Cody Zeller who starts. Cody Zeller is becoming injury prone, and you know you, you feel for people like that. But we have to move forward in this world. I'd, I'd take a Kongwu. A Kongwu's really good on defense. He's a rim runner. And I think after, you know, a couple of stints with Charlotte, he can learn how to shoot the three. He can make some open threes, spread the floor. I just don't like that they took LaMelo at three. I understand he was the best player available at the time, but Akongu was a lot better. A, a center is a better fit, so they can at least get rid of Cody Zeller, or at least have him come off the bench and get rid of one of those two. Yeah, but I do like... It would have been either James Wiseman or Kongu for me. I wrote down James Wiseman like twice in my notes in the beginning, and I was just like, you know what? No, I kind of want him somewhere else. So we'll, we'll, we'll put we'll put the next best up. 
in Charlotte, not like Okongwu going to three. So we are in the top two, my friend. This has been going on for a little bit of time. We are in the top two. We got the Warriors. Who are you taking going to Golden State? I ended up taking Obi Toppin. And, oh, and it was simply because I thought Draymond Green might have been trade bait this season. And, but I like Obi's scoring ability. I like what he brings as far as like ferocity to the court. He, he, like if they were going to move on from Draymond, I think that would have been the perfect replacement. I think he would have brought less to the table on the defensive end, but as far as offensively, the shot doesn't take eight seconds. So you can give him the ball with four seconds on the clock and not have to get a shot clock violation. And Obi and the, also there was like that talk like way before the draft that Obi said he wanted to go to the Warriors and I would have liked to see that man uh, I'm gonna take Obi Toppin as well and and here's why he's sort of like that Tobias Harris tweener power forward slash small forward he can kind of play both positions pretty effectively I feel like and plus, if they wanted to get rid of Draymond, like you had said, he'd fit right on in. They had a lot of... I wouldn't call them tweeners, because I don't think Kelly Oubre Jr. could have effectively paid, played the four spot, but I do see where they would try to run that offense, because they love doing small. But I think if he joined that small ball offense, I think eventually, when Steph Curry does leave, Opie Toppin continues to progress. I think he can be the face of the Warriors. Honestly, he was the best player coming out of college. He averaged 20 coming out of Dayton. He was very strong, very powerful. He was really good on both ends of the floor. His shooting has a bit of a hitch, but I think with that style of offense and the trainers and the shooting coaches, he can turn that shot into something something really great moving forward. When Steph Curry does decide to retire, he's already 32, and they don't have Clay this year. And I think that would have been a great way for him to kind of just integrate into a system where it's a whole lot of shooting. It's a whole spread offense. The floor, I think they do a five out. They would have done a five out for sure if Obi went to the Warriors. And I think he would have just progressed with all the mentors and the great players around him. But um, yeah, I, I do agree with you. Obi was the best option. But, uh, you know, the Knicks have a great player. So we're at number one. Number one. Minnesota has number one, which is really strange, obviously. But um, who are you taking number one for Minnesota? Uh, I controversially, I guess, picked Onyeka. Ooh, number one. And okay. it's because I like Onyeka as a powerful, explosive power forward alongside Cat, who could stretch out a lot of the rebounding load in Minnesota is on cat and I think that would ease up his job a little bit better on the boards uh, he wouldn't have to worry too much about defense because people talk about his lack on defense but they don't realize he has to pick up a lot in that category so I think Onika will get to split that basically cat is forced to kind of play two positions right now and not a lot of people see that but I think that Onyeka would split that right down the middle 
and basically everything that people get onto Cat about, Onyeka would fill those roles, and they'd compliment each other in the post. And I think Minnesota missed a good chance right there. Yeah, I, I agree on what the reasons for having a great center would be. And with that, I would take James Wiseman number one. Similar reasons as to why you take Onyeka. I just feel like he can do pretty much a lot of what they lack from that center position. You can move Cat to the four, which is going to be kind of a stretch. I understand how that can not be as effective because fours are so much smaller now. Fours are so much faster. But Cat can take you off the dribble. And Cat does have a versatile package that he can use against multiple defenders, whether that's a back down, whether that's a spot up, whether that's a off the dribble pull up. And I think James Wiseman could have handled all the anchoring defensive responsibility because Cat's not a defender. Cat is is a work in progress defensively. And I feel like James Wiseman would have fit right in as far as manning that defensive role at the center position. You put Cat at the four and James Wiseman in the middle. I think that would have been a great tandem. Um, but yeah, for the same reasons why you took Nyeka, it's the same reasons essentially why I took James Wiseman. So that was, I mean, it happens, everything happens for a reason. I suppose who they pick is, you know, the perfect fit for them. Um, yeah, and that was, that was our redraft. I don't know if we did better than the actual draft, but I think we did pretty good to say the least. I, I think if our picks did sound odd that they were for good reasons and if you disagree you know you can put it in the comments you can you can go ahead and argue with us in the comments I will reply so yeah we do reply to comments uh, comment your top 10 that's fine I'd love to hear what you guys have to say about our redraft and give us some opinions give us some constructive criticism um, thank you for watching obviously um, subscribe if you're new don't forget to hit that notification bell just so you won't miss another upload like comment let us know what you think and we will see you guys next time thank you